morning, Croc Church. How are you today? Great. We're going to be in uh, John chapter 9, so um, I know that everything's up on the screen, but sometimes it's good to turn to your own uh, Bible or, or turn that phone on and use it for something other than texting and, uh, and uh, hearing from God this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, here we are today uh, discussing your miracles. Um, and here's just a powerful thing that we're going to look at this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your work. Uh, open up our hearts today. May we be ready to receive. Help us to take the inward look on the areas of our lives that hinder us from rejoicing in you. Help us to see how you move us from blindness to sight, both spiritually and physically. And um, just really appreciated the worship time this morning, Lord. We worship you. You are God. You are our Savior, our Redeemer, our Rock. We love you. And uh, thank you for our chance to be with you. May all the things that are said this day be your words at this time to this group of people. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, John chapter 1, starting in verse 9. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So this is a common thing back in the ancient world to think that if a person has an affliction, it is the result of sin, personally. Now, the reality is we're all sinners, right? Romans teaches us all of us, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we know that. Sickness and death is the result of sin. But what can happen sometimes is we can get caught up in funny ways of thinking and we can start blaming people for their problems, right? Jesus doesn't generally do that. What he does is he brings healing first and then correction later. And sometimes he heals. You know, he just does it different ways. But the focus is usually on the human being that's in front of him rather than some kind of spiritual principle. And so Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now, the reality is, yes, they did. But that's not why this man is blind. Um, This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So first thing I want to just talk about this morning is this. Any of you guys going through problems? Okay, there's a few that are willing to admit it. Okay, but seriously, if you take an inward look on your life, going through some stuff, some stuff that doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem right, and maybe you even are blaming yourself for what's going on. Let's just take a cue from Jesus. Maybe this thing that is in your life is an opportunity for God to glorify himself. Let's just go there, you may say. There's no way. God could never use this. You'd be surprised the things God can use to find glory for himself in your life. All right? So, whatever that thing is, wherever that tension is in your life, just be open to the fact that God may want to do something in you that brings glory to his name. Amen? Is that okay? All right. So, now we do some, now Jesus does something very, very weird, all right? Uh, verse 6, Jesus spits on the ground, 
makes some mud with the saliva and takes that spitty mud and puts it on the man's eyes. Now, I'll just ask you a question. If I did that, would you like me putting that mud on your eyes? Hey, I'm asking. <laughs> if you heard Jesus, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, the, rea- the reality is he, Jesus probably got away because the guy was blind and didn't see what was going on. You know, because that's, I mean, I would say even back in those days, that's pretty unhygienic. You know, they had all those clean and unclean and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. That sounds pretty unclean. So Jesus then tells him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed, and here it is, came home seeing. There it is. That's the miracle. Yeah, woo, right. And Paul appreciate that because you know what you're going to find here is that not everybody in this passage goes, woo, they get angry. And that's, that's what we're dealing with in this passage this morning. This man, however, I want you to watch, just watch how the progression happens in his life. I mean, he's clueless. He got up that morning and just says another day of begging if he even thought about it at all. And now he is seeing something he never thought about, never planned on. And internally, I'm sure, well, we're, we'll watch it. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Okay, so his neighbors and those who had formerly seen, seen him begging asked, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed he was. Others said, no, he just looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. Nobody else may be rejoicing, but, but right now I am. This is me. I once was blind. Yes, I'm that guy was, that was begging. And they asked the question, well, how were your eyes open, they asked. Now, I want you to listen to this. The man they called Jesus. Remember, he's blind. He wasn't going to the church service that day. He was just living his life. The man they called Jesus made some mud, put it in my eyes, told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed. And then I could see. Now, if, if, if a guy like that got up here on the, you know, Sunday morning and said, hey, I went and I washed and I could see, what would you do? Come on, let's do it. Okay, I, I'm hearing a bit, it's stirring a little bit. Come on, what would you do? Would you just go, oh, very boring. Well, okay, well, what's the next thing we're going to do? Hey, we'd clap, wouldn't we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, let's rejoice. Wow, let's, let's, let's enter into that. that. Jesus gets really bugged with the religious leaders at the time because all sorts of miracles are happening, and all they can see are problems and theological reasons why that shouldn't be happening, and that's all they do. But here's a guy who got healed. You know, somebody rejoice with this guy, huh? All right. They ask him, where is this man talking about Jesus? And he says, I don't know. I don't know who he is. They call him Jesus. He put mud on my eyes, and now I can see. But I don't know him, don't know where he's at. I don't know anything about him, and I have never seen him. And what's interesting is that for the majority of this story, Jesus is really absent. 
all the things that are about to happen happen to this guy without Jesus being present there. It's really interesting because that's how it's going to be for you and me, guys. When Jesus does a work in their lives, people aren't going to see Jesus. What they're going to see is you and whatever transformation has occurred. I still remember this one with my sister. You know, I was... uh, I had problems in my life growing up anyway, and uh, one day my sister saw me on my own studying my history textbooks and stuff like that. Uh, A dramatic change had happened. I met Jesus, and she walked up to me, and she said, now I know Jesus can change anybody because he changed you. Hey, all right, let's do that. Yeah, amen. And, And my wife Judy says, let's see more of that change, John. Okay. Well, and that's, and that's the reality, okay? We're still, we're still struggling through some stuff. But it was amazing, the transformation. They aren't going to see Jesus. They're going to see Jesus at work in you. That's what's going to happen here. The reality is going to be you for them. And then you're going to have to point them to the one who did that work. And this man does this. Without even knowing who he is, without being able to identify him in a crowd, that's what's going on here. Now, problems begin. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. The Pharisees were the religious rulers of that day. And now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. And all of us know that you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath, however that works. And the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And the man said, he put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. And so, now I see. What, what do we do when we hear that? We? Woo! Come on! Yeah! And now I see. Wow! Okay? That's not what happens here. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God. Really? Is that where you're going with this? Now, I've seen this, this kind of stuff. The problem with church in America, without the world, is we get these little rules and regulations in our minds, and we kind of start operating out of that, okay? And what we do is we forget the human being that's in front of us. And they may say things that are a little bit weird, or they may experience some stuff. But the reality is when a person experiences a life transformation, what God is expecting out of us is a rejoicing. That person needs to be affirmed in the transformation that's occurred. So when my sister said to me, now I know God changes anybody because he changed you, that did something for me. You know, it, it was an affirmation for my sister who, you know, Brother and sister, we have conflicts all the time. For her to say that to me is a powerful thing. For the religious leaders to say, hey, this man is not from God, immediately puts this man on the defensive. Like, like, you know, think about it. I just got up this morning. I was going to go begging. That's what I was going to do. And now I see. And now you're saying the man who did this to me is not from God? And he now is forced to decide Who is this Jesus? He's going to have to go beyond just the fact that he sees to he has to come to grips with this person that really he doesn't know very well. Somehow that's going to happen. And guys, I tell you what, when Jesus says this happens so the works of God might be displayed in him, 
That's what's happening now. He has to come to terms with the works of God being displayed in him. The religious leaders have to come to terms with that. You and I have to come to terms with that. And that's why God starts working in people's lives. You know that old song, God's not dead, he is alive, right? You know, I love that song. I mean, I feel him in my hands, I feel him in my feet. Well, I don't know about all that stuff. But the fact is, God's not dead, he's alive, he's at work. And if he's at work, the work he does forces people to confront God. And you and I are the place where he does that work. And we're the people who affirm the work that's going on. Amen? We're, we have a double thing going on. We are the one he works on. We must affirm the work when we see it. Okay. Um, so this man is uh, not from God. Others said, how can a sinner perform such signs? So instead of rejoicing, instead of affirming this man, there are, they are divided. So they turn to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. Again, that morning he wasn't thinking, I'm going to have to defend Jesus here in front of the religious leaders. He just got up, was living his life, you know, and there was problems in his life. And this is what he says. He is a prophet. That's, now, I know some people will say, oh, that's not the correct answer. Guys, please. He doesn't know who Jesus is. For him to say he's a prophet means he's saying he's from God. I don't know how it all works, but I'm seeing. So this man is at least a prophet. That's a good place. It's a good answer. Amen? So when your friend, your brother, your sister has an incomplete concept of who God is, rejoice in the good stuff. The fact that they're thinking about God is an amazing thing, right? Because they live their lives kind of like there is no God. And all of a sudden, they're saying, well, I don't know what's going on. Strange and weird things. We had a situation with our son a few weeks ago. And when he explained what had happened, I just go, I don't know what that was about. But it sounds like it's God at work. Amen. And then, and then, we, and then the further we got, I just said, Mark, that is God. You know? You know? Because you've got to affirm it. Because the person themselves are a little bit confused. They summoned him a second time, verse 24, and said, Give glory to God by telling the truth. First of all, I would say that he is giving glory to God already. And he's telling the truth the best he can, right? And they said now, they have hardened in their position. We know that this man is a sinner. And so, again, you know, he's not equipped to deal, deal with this stuff, he just says, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, right. In fact, let's all say it together. Uh, listen, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Let's do it together. Ready? One, two, three. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. All right. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, now something has actually happened inside of him. He's no longer on the defensive. He is a man on the offensive because he has something powerful, and it's beginning to grip him. And he says, um, 
he says, I already told you all that stuff, and you didn't listen. Wow. I mean, before I don't know. Now, you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Oh, oh, yeah, we got it. (laughs) Hey, guys, do you want to become his disciples too? Amen. Yes, I do want to become his disciple. And if I'm not following well, I want to be better. Okay, that's what's going on here. Amazing. But you know what that just said? Do you want to be his disciples too? Means that he is what? He considers himself a disciple. And he doesn't even know who he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's a sinner or not. You want to become his disciples too? Because listen, I was blind, but now I. Amen. Okay, they're not ready for that. Verse twenty-eight. They hurled insults at him and said, "You are this fellow's disciple." Okay, and I don't think he thought that was an insult. Thank you. Yeah, we are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. Okay, now I don't want to look at his response here just for a second, but you know what? That is not an acceptable answer. That is not an acceptable answer. Okay, these are the religious leaders of the time. Their job, rightly, is to discern who is from God and who is not. For them to say they don't know where Jesus comes from is completely unacceptable. They, are, they have failed their duty. The greatest thing that's happening at that time is Jesus and his miracles all over them. The stories he's teaching, thousands of people following him, sometimes so much that they crush each other, they want to get a hold of him. They don't know where he comes from. That is unacceptable. Yeah, that's unacceptable. And for them to admit that, they are saying they are blind. Get it? Do you get it? Who's the blind person here? The blind man? No, he can see. And and his vision is getting better. But they, who can see with their eyes, don't know who Jesus is. Don't know where he comes from. Completely unacceptable. And so he says... Look, that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from? He opened my eyes. And now this guy's on a roll. And, and, and I don't mean that in a, you know, kind of like a, flip, a flippant way. I mean, seriously, he's rolling in the spirit. The spirit's moving through this guy right now. We know that God does not listen to sinners. They would agree. He listens to the godly person who does his will. They would agree. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. They would agree. Then he makes the statement that they should know if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. If this man weren't from God, he could do nothing. Now, Again, this is a guy who hasn't even seen Jesus, only experienced him. And I'd say secondhand. 
Yeah, Jesus touched him, but the healing didn't occur till he went and washed, right? So this man with just a little bit of knowledge about who Jesus fully understands what's going on. He's a prophet. He comes from God, obviously. This is unheard of, and you know that. Now, now watch the reaction again. When truth confronts that which is truly error, okay, your little, your little religious rules and stuff like that, that's not the issue. There is a true error here. Something is truly wrong. If you cannot rejoice with a blind man who can see, something is wrong with you. Something is twisted inside, and that's what's happened. It's called spiritual blindness. It's called darkness. It's called sin. That's what's going on here. And this man, now filled with the Holy Spirit, moving in the Holy Spirit, having been touched by Jesus, confronts their error. It is not a comfortable thing to be confronted on your error. Amen? Well, I had it this week really big time. You know, you you say and do stupid things, right? I'm not alone here in that, right? Okay. And then you and then you walk away and you just go, <sighs> Whoa. Who who am I? I sometimes say to Judy, Judy, I really hate being me. Yeah, well that's the place where these guys should have been. Yeah. But they so they say to him, You were steeped in sin at birth. Now what are they saying? They're saying, you're blind, and your blindness came from your sin. So you're a sinner. Well, first of all, guys, uh, he's not blind anymore. Duh. Right, exactly. Duh. He's not blind anymore. And Jesus has already told us it wasn't a result of sin anyway. God wanted to do his miracle work in this man's life, and it's happening. This is not sin. He said, they said, you're steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? Oh, God, my friends, blessed are the meek. You know what meek means? It means teachable. To be meek is to be a teachable person. Someone can say to you, hey, I think you're going in the wrong direction here. You need to go this way. A meek person says, thank you for showing me that. These guys are proud. This is, this is the evidence of pride instead of meekness. You were steeped in sin and birth. How dare you lecture us? Guys, when you or I get to the place where we can't receive correction, that is a dangerous place. That's a very, very dangerous place. And they threw him out. Now, I think for most of us, it's very difficult. I mean, we say, well, they kicked me out of my church. It's not the same thing. It would be basically you've been ostracized from all of society when, a pers- when you got kicked out of here. And that is, that's huge what they did. That's the power these guys had to actually kick a person out of the community. But think about it. He lived outside the community all his life anyway because he was blind, so he was always on the outside of the community. So what did he care about their community? He could see. 
And that truth was never going to change. Amen? So it's, and sometimes that's what's got to happen to us. Whatever that thing is, that precious thing, I cannot lose that thing. You know what? You can't have that much of a grip on you, guys. You have to be willing to let it go. Because sometimes when you're following Jesus, that's where it goes. Anyway, finally Jesus shows up. I mean, there's a lot of drama here for this poor guy. Hey, Jesus, where are you? Well, he finally comes up. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. Okay? So, he's a man without a country. He's a man without a community. And Jesus says to him when he found him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he goes, who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus says, well, you've now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. Wow. I don't know, there are many places I would like to be at in, in, when the Bible happened, but that's definitely one of them. What do you think that was like for that guy? <laughs> He'd already been defending him, didn't really know him all that well, stood up for him, got kicked out of the synagogue because of him, and now the man says, I'm here. Now, guys, all of us are going to get experience that, you know? Every one of us who have faith in Jesus one day, because we kind of serve him in a bit of blindness, right? We haven't seen him physically. We've read some stuff. We've experienced his work in our life. But one day, face to face, it says, we're going to see him. And this guy has a little taste of that right here. I would like to have been there. How about you? Amazing, huh? Okay. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Because that when you know who Jesus is and you're in front of him and you see him, That's what you do. You know, it's wonderful. We have a great worship team here, but the reality is if Jesus kind of sneaks into your life, you've had that, right? You know, maybe you're driving in the car, something, you remember something, or uh, you have an experience and Jesus is there, and all of a sudden, in in a spiritual way, you are face-to-face with him. What can you do? You worship him. I mean, the response out of yourself is worship. Even if you didn't think, I didn't close my eyes, I didn't raise my hands, and know it's okay. It's that heart, heart response. You know, sometimes we weep a little bit. Sometimes there's just this, ah, that's the worship. That's worshiping in spirit and in truth. That's the thing Jesus loves. That's what the Father loves. That's what's happening here. And this, this poor guy, they've been mean to him all his life. And then when he finally gets healed, they get meaner to him. And they kick him out. And what does Jesus show up? He says, listen, they may kick you out, but I receive you, my brother. I receive you. You're on my, you're in my community now. That's what church is supposed to be. We're Jesus' community. We we welcome you. So glad you're here, amen? So glad you have found him. And if you're seeking, we're so glad you're seeking. And if you're on the outside, we love you until that happens. Right? Because we're Jesus' community. And Jesus receives people. Right? He doesn't care what the color of your skin is, your background, your sins. None of that stuff matters to him. The only thing that matters to him is you. You matter to him. Oh, he knows you've got all sorts of issues. 
That's why he died for you, right? Yeah. Okay. 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees heard him say this and said, What? Are we blind too? And now Jesus totally reverses all of their thinking, and he says, Look, if you were blind, you would not be sinners. Oh, wow. If you were blind, you would not be sinners. But the fact is you say you can see. And so you are blind. You are in your sin. And if you do not repent, you will face the consequences of that. Wow. So it's time to look inside. Let's just put our stuff away for just a second. Let me talk to you and and uh, worship team will be coming up. In all of us, there's a little bit of the Pharisee, whether we're willing to admit it or not. There's some things we have, some areas we have, so that when God does good things, we don't rejoice when we should. We all got it. Now, you can see Jesus, he's really hard on Pharisees, but he loves them. Jesus says, Those I love, I rebuke and discipline. So if Jesus is rebuking you and disciplining you, it's only because he loves you. He wants them to find the joy that he has for them, but they're being obstinate. You know, the old thing is, do I have to come down there? Do I have to get in your face now? I love you, so I will. That's Jesus. Now, at the same time, All of us have a little bit of the blind man in us, right? Yeah. And uh, the Lord has done things in our lives. And he has done a miracle for us. And then we're all in Jesus' community, right? So we need to be receiving people. So let's take a little bit of time. Where are you today? Some of you need to rejoice in another person's cool thing. Some of you need to see Jesus face to face. Some of us need to repent of some of our stuff, right? We just need to. That's why we're here today. Amen. Let's take a little bit of time. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. Lord, we want to look in your face. And even if we can't see you with our eyes, we want to see you with our spirits. Lord, look at us. Lord, the areas of the Pharisee that are in us, Lord, we repent. We put those things aside. Lord, those areas of healing and miracle that you've worked in our our lives, we receive them. We know it came from you. And Lord, help us. When good things happen in other people's lives, may we rejoice with them. May we affirm your work in their lives. We thank you, Lord God.